1: In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. It's Friday, December 30th, and as I broadcast this show, it's the last one I'll do in the year of 2022. And today's topic is story hours. That's been the buzz for the year. Drag queen story hours and what we're doing to fight this lunacy. Maybe the thing we should be doing is focus on our own story, the greatest story ever told. I'm Dr. Ever Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thank you so much for listening into the show. By the way, I appreciate all of you. We are now at 610 or 11 episodes that we have recorded and put in the archives for The Rebellion. If you're new as a Rebellion fan, recognize that you can go back and access any of those by simply going to my website. My website is drevertpiper.com. That's D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. One more time on that. D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R.com. drevertpiper.com On that website, you'll see a menu bar at the top. And if you click on that, you can access a variety of different things. One of them will take you to my books where you can order Not a Daycare, the bestseller, or Grow Up, or my first book, Why I'm a Liberal and Other Conservative Ideas, you can access any of those books by clicking there. It'll take you to Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble or whatever your favorite online bookstore is where you can immediately purchase those books. If you want to schedule me to speak at your church or your political venue or whatever the case may be, you can click on that tab and get a hold of me, and I'll uh, do my best to arrange my schedule to accommodate your needs. Also on that menu bar, you can see that there are archives to The Rebellion. And like I said, I believe we're at 610, 611 as of this show. And all of the episodes are archived there. So you can go back and listen to them. You can select your favorite ones. And please, I encourage you to push those out into your social media. That's the way we get more followers. Right now, we're averaging between 60 and 70,000 listens per month. I'd like to see that go up to over 100 in the year 2023, and the only way that's going to happen is if you all encourage others to listen in. And if you want to support the rebellion, you can do so by going to patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper. That's patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper. You can support us there if you want to uh, make a monthly contribution to uh, help us keep the lights on, if you will, here on the rebellion. As I've said many times over, I don't do this just to listen to myself talk every day. I'm trying to give you all a little bit of information that you might not be getting elsewhere, or at least a spin that's different on the daily news. Uh, Give you a couple more arrows in your quiver as you go out and fight the culture wars. And maybe that's a good segue for today's show. Uh, This has been a year Uh, that's as crazy as any we've had, right? It's been a year where the culture wars are obviously very real. I mean, there are those who used to say the culture wars was just hyperbole of the right, we were making it up, nobody's really fighting a war against you, just live and let live. I don't know if anybody really believes that any longer. I'm not even too sure those on the left, the progressives, those that are postmodern to their core believe that there is no war going on. There is a culture war. Thankfully, by and large right now, it's a bloodless war. At least there's no physical violence, limited physical violence therein. I know you could share stories with me. I mean, the Black Lives Matter riots obviously turn violent. Antifa obviously goes violent at times. Now, I encourage all of you that listen to the rebellion, don't go there. Don't go there. Don't fight fire with fire when it comes to physical violence in the streets. We can win by the power of our ideas. We can be strong and courageous by the power of our ideas, Joshua 9. We can be steadfast and immovable by the power of our ideas. That comes from 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul. And today's show is about the strength of our ideas, the strength of our story, Because I suppose you could say the poster child for the culture wars in 2022 is the drag queen story hour movement that's sweeping our country, and how in every town, small town America, heartland America, not just New York City and San Francisco and Washington D.C. and every place else on the East Coast and West Coast, you know, those places where the smart folks live and they kind of look down their noses at all of us heartland rubes. No, these... These drag queen story hours aren't just taking place there. There's a, there's a clear strategic plan on the left to move these, these drag queen events into small-town America. And Bartlesville, Oklahoma, where, near, near where I live, has become a poster child for that here in this area of the country. I've talked about it repeatedly on this show, how it's just child abuse to be sponsoring these events in public spaces, public parks, like they did in Bartlesville. And they plan to do it again and and again and again. They're planning on this being an annual event, and they're threatening to sue the city if the city does anything about it. Okay, so that's that's not the story for today. But I need to set that up as the context for what I want to share with you after we take a break. What I want to suggest... As we wrap up 2022 and prepare to start anew for 2023, is that the story of Kirk Cameron and what he's doing about these drag queen story hours, where he has written a book, a children's book, about love, joy, and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self control. He's written a children's book about the fruits of the Spirit, the fruits of a godly life, the fruits of Christianity. And he has asked public libraries across the nation to allow him to come and read his book to children and parents, have a story hour, that focuses rather on the selfishness and the narcissism of our sexual inclinations, where we try to indoctrinate young children that are four, five, six years of age with our sexual ideology. Rather than do that, that we actually sit down with these young kids and talk to him about the virtues, the blessed virtues of the Christian faith. Love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. I've talked about that story before and how libraries initially turned him down and said, no, we don't want you. Well, what Kirk Cameron has done, as you know, is he's turned around and said, well, no, I'd like you to reconsider. Please do so, and if you don't reconsider and allow me to come and read my book— have a story hour that focuses on patience, kindness, and goodness, I'll exercise my First Amendment rights. He's very gracious, but he's making it clear that he'll, he'll sue these libraries for discrimination against his Christian ideas. Because if they're going to have a public story hour for drag queens, why would they say no to having a public story hour, a reading of a book, a children's book, that focuses on the goodness of the Christian life? Well, there's a library in Indianapolis that actually has given in and reversed its original decision. They've said, yes, you can come. There's a video out right now where Kirk Cameron is in there reading, and there are hundreds, not the tens or, you know, a couple dozen, no, that you see in these drag queen story hours. You see hundreds. The room is packed. It's a huge room, probably, I'm guessing, the largest room in the library. And Kirk Cameron is there, and there are hundreds packed in that room. Good for Kirk Cameron. What is he doing? He's fighting the culture war, not just on the negative side, which he's willing to do. He said, I'll sue you if you don't allow me to read my book. Um, He's not backing down. But he's also, and even more importantly, doing the positive thing. He's going in and he's going to have his own story hour. And he's reading a better story to these children. He's reading a godly story to these children. He's doing what all of us should do. Now, we have access to the greatest story ever told, and that's the story we should be telling in the streets, in our libraries, in our public parks. If a story hour is going to be the front line of the culture wars, then bring it on. Tell your own story, and let's take a break, and after I get back, I'm going to share with you what that story is. I'll give you a little teaser. It was actually told in the theaters in 1965. And it received at least five nominations for the Academy Awards. Now, Some of you aren't old enough to remember this. But I was five years old when this movie was all the rage across America. I'm going to tell you that story. And I'm going to encourage you to continue to tell it over and over again. And maybe even go in to your local libraries and ask to have a story hour where you can read that book. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Let's take a break, and I'll be
0: right back in a couple minutes. sold. The Patriot Auto Group. Proud Oklahomans in the communities we serve. Okay, welcome back to the Rebellion.
1: So let's start out this part of the show by referring back to Hollywood history. In 1965, there was a uh, epic film that was all the rage. In fact, I remember this pretty specifically. I was five years old and My mom and my dad put me in a car, and we drove from Hillsdale, Michigan, up to Detroit. There was a theater up there that was featuring The Greatest Story Ever Told by George Stevens, the director of this particular movie. Now, the movie starred people like um, Max Van Saito. He actually played Jesus. Uh, Pat Boone was in the movie. John Wayne was in the movie. Charlton Heston, Martin Landau, Angela Lansbury... The list goes on, Roddy McDowell. The list goes on and on, Shelley Winters. It was a movie that featured some of the greats of the day. And it received, if I remember correctly, five nominations for Academy Awards. The Greatest Story Ever Told. It was based on a book, a novel written by Fulton Ausler. In fact, uh, I I don't have the book in my library, but I just looked it up and it's available out there. I'm going to buy a copy And I'm going to go read the book myself. Now, what is the greatest story ever told? What's it based on? Well, it's based on the life of Christ. It's based on the Gospels. It's a retelling of the Gospels in cinematic form. It was probably the chosen, if some of you are following the chosen right now, it was probably the the chosen of the time. It was more true to the scriptures than the chosen. Um, it's often just a recitation of the Gospels in movie form. Uh, it's, it's old, and some of you are going to go watch it and you're not going to like it because it doesn't have the Hollywood flair that The Chosen does. Um, it's kind of a, a, a retrospective. It's old school, but it's biblical, and it's titled The Greatest Story Ever Told. So as I think about that as we wrap up 2022, and I think about the what I've called earlier in the show, the poster child of the culture wars right now, and that is story hours. And as I look at the positive example that Kirk Cameron is setting right now on how to engage in the front lines of that battle, I, I think of this experience that I had as a young child going to the movie The Greatest Story Ever Told. And then I, I think, how easy is it for us? to engage in this culture war. We have the ammunition. We have the nuclear bomb, if you will. We have the most powerful weapon to engage in this particular war. And that is the greatest of all stories. I mean, how much better is Kirk Cameron's story than Drag Queen Story Hours? I mean, seriously, what parent in their right mind would want to ignore the story that Kirk Cameron has written about love, joy, and peace. I mean, if you're a dad or you're a mom, even if you aren't quote-unquote religious, don't you want your child to be loving and joyful and peaceful? Why would you not want to have that story read to your son or your daughter? Surely we still have enough sanity left in the United States of America where every father and every mother who who, who wants to take enough time who at least has dedicated themselves to their children to the extent that they would put them in a car and take them to the local library to do anything, but especially to listen to the reading of a new children's book on love and joy and peace. I mean, what mother listening to me right now doesn't want your daughter to be patience, kind, patient, kind, and good? What father doesn't want to teach your young son the importance of masculinity and being Loving, joyful, peaceful, patience, kind, and good, gentleness, faithful, and be self-controlled? Isn't that part of what fathers should be teaching their sons is to be self-controlled? A real man has learned how to battle his own demons and be self-controlled. This is what Kirk Cameron is reading to children. So you can do that, or you could take them to the drag queen thing next door, where they're going to focus on self, narcissism, defining yourself by your sexuality. Not self-control, but self-aggrandizement. All right, so my point is this. Kirk Cameron has shown us something. We have a better story to tell. So use it. Use it. Take that arrow out of your quiver. Enter into the public square, the public park, the public library, The public schools. If the public is now open to these types of story hours, then we should engage. We should go and read stories about firemen and police officers who are exemplars of courage. Read those stories. Read those stories about the fireman that rushed into a building courageously because he sacrificed himself for the good of others, and then tie that into the greatest story ever told, the story of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and the courage and the sacrifice of the Son of God himself. Tie it into the epistles where the Apostle Paul says to the Corinthians, be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the works of the Lord. Read the rest of the story to these children in the public square, where the guy who wrote those words, Paul, proved that he was willing to die for those words. He stayed the course. He fought the good fight. He finished the race in a Roman prison and was actually actually executed. He was beheaded for that worldview. Shouldn't we be reading that story to our children? To our community's children. Kirk Cameron has said yes. And he has hundreds of people crammed into a library in Indianapolis. And I didn't even tell you this. There were three to 400 people waiting outside the library, waiting for the next reading. In other words, Kirk Cameron couldn't get it all done in one setting. There were so many people that came. Hundreds and hundreds of people came crowding the sidewalks outside the library, waiting to get in for the second and the third reading of this book about love and joy and peace. A story. Essentially a gospel story, a good news story, a biblical story, the greatest story ever told. In 1965, that was an epic cinema production. But... For nearly 2,000 years before that, it was the epic story of the ages. The greatest story ever told changed the world because people were willing to tell it. They were willing to go into the public square and read their story. It started with the Apostle Paul and Peter and James and John. It started with Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It started with Jude. It started with these men being willing to be strong and courageous, Joshua 1.9. It started with them being willing to be steadfast and immovable. It started with them being willing to go into the public square, even though there was a major culture war raging at their time in the first century. A culture war that resulted in the Roman emperors, whether it was Diocletian or Nero or any of the other emperors in between, that actually were using these Christians as entertainment in the Colosseum because they weren't willing to hear their story. They just didn't tell them, no, you can't read your story in the public library. They said, if you want to keep telling your story at all, we're going to arrest you for doing so, and then we're going to throw you to the lions, and we're going to applaud and eat popcorn while they eat you for our entertainment. The greatest story ever told has changed the course of human history. Not only do we learn and teach our children, As the result of ourselves learning, we then turn around and teach our children those lessons that we've learned, those lessons of courage, faithfulness, self-control, strength, the power and the principle of fatherhood and motherhood, the importance of being selfless rather than selfish, the importance of forgiveness rather than fomenting revenge, the importance of peace rather than violence. Not only do we tell these stories, and not only do we change our culture as the result of telling these stories, but we actually sow the seeds for civility and freedom so that our progeny, our children, will perpetuate this different way of living, this humane way of living, this classically liberal way of living, because liberal always implied... Liberty and freedom. It's interesting. Kirk Cameron's story takes place, his book about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. His book takes place on Freedom Island, where the animals are enjoying more freedom rather than less, more liberty rather than less. And in my terminology, you could call it liberal island because it's an island of liberty, classical liberalism. Freedom. The island has boundaries. It's not just endless, it's it's rather confined. But if you're on this island and you're respecting the boundaries and you're not just walking out into the sea all the time, you don't drown in your own selfishness. You don't fall into the pool that narcissus is gazing at. You actually stay on the shore and enjoy the freedom that comes from that self-discipline, that self-control. That selflessness. This is the greatest story ever told. This is the story of salvation. This is the story of Jesus Christ. This is the story of the gospel. As I said before, it's the good news. It's not the bad news of drag queens and being locked in your own mind to the extent where you pretend to be something that you're not, and your reality does not extend beyond that, this closed, confined system of selfishness and sexuality. That your identity is nothing more than your inclinations. You're going to define yourself by your desires. Your conscience is so confused that the courage of selflessness doesn't even resonate with you. In fact, you mock it, you malign it, and you dress up in drag and you go try to indoctrinate young children as as a means of uh, cognitive dissonance, if you will, where... You, you've you got to prove to yourself that you're right, and the only way you can prove that is to brainwash kids to applaud so that you're affirmed, you're tolerated, you feel good about yourself, you feel safe in your sexuality. Is that really where we are, and is that the stronger of the two stories I'm talking about? Is that the story that's going to prevail in our culture in 2023, or do we have an opportunity, pastors and firemen and police officers and teachers and moms and dads and farmers and ranchers, do we have an opportunity right now to call up the local library and say, I'd like to have a story hour. I want to read the story about my father who didn't have anything and drove truck his entire life to make sure that his children would have greater opportunities to experience the American dream than he had. And as a result of that, I... I did get an education that he didn't have. I did get a job that he could never get. I did make more money than he ever made. It's because my father had courage and the confidence and the self-control and the personal sacrifice. He saw the virtue of personal sacrifice to the extent that he gave me that. That's my story. But there's more to my story. It's the story of my mother who was born again. She wasn't just born that way. She was a Christian. She recognized that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, and that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. My mom understood that. My dad in my early dear years didn't, but he's a good man, <clears throat> a courageous man, a confident man a self-sacrificial man. But it wasn't until his later years that he became a Christian and embraced my mom's faith. So my story involves a courageous father that was self-sacrificing and a Christian mother who made sure that she read the greatest story ever told, the gospel of Jesus Christ to me as a young child so that I wouldn't be given over to self-infatuation. But I would... Confess myself before a Savior and die to self, become a new creation in Christ. Folks, I'm preaching to you right now as we end the year, and I don't apologize for preaching. I'm preaching right now. I'm proclaiming right now. I'm teaching right now in this 20-plus short minutes of this show that we should look at our culture excuse me, look our culture in the face, straight in the eye, friend and foe alike, and say, if you want to tell stories, fantastic. Let me tell you this story. Let me tell you the story of why my life is different, why my life is better than it would have been, why I've been redeemed, how I've been redeemed, Let me tell you the greatest story ever told. You can start out by telling the story of a courageous dad or a self-sacrificial mom. You can tell the story of a fireman who gave his life to rescue children in a burning building. You can tell the story of Mother Teresa. You can tell the story of some of the other saints of the church. You can tell the story of the Apostle Peter who was so so humble that he wouldn't even allow himself to be crucified in the same manner that his Lord and Savior was. He said, you must crucify me upside down rather than right side up. You can tell the story of Matthew, who was filleted alive. You can tell the story of the other apostles, the apostle John, who was tortured mercilessly, but yet still lived until his later years and actually penned the last book of the Bible, Revelation, the Revelation of Jesus Christ of times that we're living in right now. You can tell that story, those stories. You can tell the greatest story ever told. And you know what? I've got the confidence that that story stacked up against any other. That story stacked up against, juxtaposed with the story of Black Lives Matter, the neo-Marxism of our day, critical theory, critical race theory, the racism therein telling the biblical story as opposed to all of those selfish stories, those angry stories, those vindictive stories, those stories of payback rather than the principles of the Bible. I've got confidence that our story wins at the end of the day. So in 2023, bring it on. Bring it on. Bring on story hours. Because if story hours become the battleground for the culture wars, we win. No question in my mind. So, Happy New Year. 2022 is done and over. And the new year ahead of us is one of a great and powerful story of Jesus Christ and the gospel. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.